afternoon and good evening to all of you that are listening to this week's episode of the Running Deep podcast with me, your host, Kent Mullins. Now, on this week's episode, I don't have a guest. Uh, It's just me, lucky you, it's just me talking to you about things. Things like my depersonalization. Um, Over the past couple of weeks, I've had quite a few messages in regard to that, uh, and I thought it was appropriate to not schedule anyone in and do this and just talk about my depersonalization disorder uh, and everything that comes with it. Now, I do talk about it quite openly and quite frequently uh, on the podcast, but I thought this was the right, you know, the right time to, I guess, go in depth, you know, go deep on it. Um, Now, for those who don't know what depersonalization is, by definition, depersonalization, derealization disorder occurs when you always or often feel that you are seeing yourself from outside your body or you sense that things around you are not real or both. Feelings of depersonalization and derealization can be very disturbing. You may feel like you are living in a dream. And yeah, that is basically, that's it. You know, that, that sums up my reality. I feel like every single day of my life um, that nothing's real. And it sounds scary. And I tell you what, for the first, I guess, year of it, I, um, yeah, it was, it was terrifying, it was, it was horrifying, um, the way I try to describe it to people who don't truly understand it, um, think about if you're putting on a VR headset, like a virtual reality headset, and you're sort of looking into a virtual reality, you're looking into a reality, that's how I see my, that's how I see my day-to-day life. Um, have things gotten easier? Yes, of course. Um, but yeah, that that's it's it's scary. It is definitely scary. And for those who are experiencing it for the first time, you know, there's no way to sugarcoat it. It's fucking terrifying. Um, now they say with this disorder, like, I, yes, it's a disorder, but I don't see it as that anymore. You know, I'm not suffering from it. I I guess it's just sometimes challenging when I'm in a high-stress situation. I sort of, I I guess it's, I'm in a constant state of dissociation, I guess. Um, But I dissociate even more. Like, I completely turn off, and it's something that I'm working on, and it is hard. It is a physical feeling. And that's the thing, you know, with depression, I guess depression, anxiety, you do get the physical feelings. But with this, it's more of, you know, it's, it's my reality. It's how I physically see the world. I, it just doesn't feel real. Um, but they say it's something to do with, uh, you know, it's a trauma response. You know, when you do dissociate, you, uh, you know, especially World War Two, any, actually any World Wars, you know, shell shock, anything like that, disassociating was something that, you know, people did they would turn off it was a you know a trauma response to you know get you through a very high stress situation now i don't know what that's i don't know what happened now i want to dive deep into this and give you a bit of an explanation of you know how it happened what happened how it's affected me 
Um, so to start this off, you know, I was in Melbourne, as you all know, I'm a recovering alcoholic, and you know, my party life in Melbourne was massive. I moved to Melbourne when I was about 19 or 20, and um, for those, you know, international listeners, Melbourne is probably, oh, couple thousand k's away from where I live now you know that I had no family down there I had no one down there except my girlfriend and wife now Uh, but she was flying she her base was out of Melbourne so she was an international flight attendant and she was gone for three to four days of the week so I was left alone in a state that I I had nothing I've never been to before and so what what does a 19 20 year old do you try your best to go make some friends, and I did, and where do you find friends, what do people do in Melbourne at that age, you drink, you party, you, you know, you have fun, so that was it, I, that's exactly what I did, um, I met some really, really good friends through the gym, I was doing a lot of powerlifting back then, and, you know, I befriended all them, I ended up going, you know, to a lot of parties, lots of drugs, lots of alcohol, just that that sort of lifestyle and I remember like I remember the day I I felt this feeling I remember so clearly that I I was sort of hungover and I woke up feeling very overtired Um, well it started off as overtired and that feeling you know the next day I was still it's like I overslept you know that real sluggish feeling when you oversleep that's what it was and I woke up, I didn't feel right, I, f- I just didn't feel right, I've been overtired before and slept, you know, for 12 hours before and this was a bit different, so I wasn't spooked at start, I was just like, oh, I just need to go back to sleep, so I thought I'd sleep it off and it got progressively worse, I, I genuinely thought for the next week I had taken, um, a drug I didn't know about, like I, I thought someone had laced me with some, you know, small micro dose of LSD, and yeah, I I never recovered. <laughs> um, that wasn't the case. No, no one laced me with LSD, but I felt like I was just in this state of paranoia. I felt like I was looking into my world, and from there it was, you know, it was absolutely terrifying. I I was seeing, how do I explain it, I didn't know what to think of it, I didn't know what it was, I didn't know, you know, have I gone too far with the drugs, I had no idea, but the emotions that came up, initially, that first sort of month was horrendous, like, I have never been through, you know, a week, like, a constant state of suicidal ideations, I, I was like, oh my god, I, I want to die, like, this, this feeling, this feeling can, like, I cannot be going through this right now, like, is it, is it real, am I feel, am I feeling real, are the feelings around me real, are the people around me real, is, what the fuck is going on, um, now, the way I sort of, what I think happened, um, you know, long story short, 
and I've spoken about this in the past, I, um, I've lost a lot of friends to suicide and drownings and just death in general from a very young age. Um, and I never, I never grieved properly. I never went through a proper process of grieving. And I guess that's where the alcoholism started from the beginning. You know, I drank to make myself feel better. You know, subconsciously, that was what I was doing. Now, when I lived in Melbourne, I had a very close friend of mine on the Gold Coast uh, commit suicide. And I was actually in Bali at the time. And I never grieved. I never grieved. All I can say is I never grieved. I never went through any process. I, I just drank myself silly for that trip. Now, you know, on the way back, coming home, I, th- I really truly think it was the tipping point for me. I, I guess going out and getting drunk and getting hammered the night before, getting on ketamine, um, MDMA, I, I think it just triggered something in my brain that is irreversible now. I think it was just a massive trauma dump. I could not process it. So it, it was like a delayed processing and it all came at once. And, you know, maybe that's not the case, but I feel with what has happened, that is what happened. You know, I completely dissociated. Um, you know, again, it, 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 I, I don't know exactly, but I just like to make that, that sort of story up to make me feel better about the whole situation. Um, so, you know, the steps after that, a couple months after I decided enough's enough, I got to stop doing these night shifts. You know, I was working from 11 PM to 9 AM. Um, that was enough. I had to sort of clean up my eating, clean up my training. Uh, the, the alcohol on that stayed cause that was the only way I really knew how to cope. You know, if we want to talk about coping mechanisms, that was, that was all I had. You know, I had, I hadn't been taught any any other way. Um, so I went to a, a sort of clairvoyant psychologist, if you want to call him that. Um, she she was cool. She was really, really cool. Um, she did give me some tools. It was a bit woo-woo for me. I just wanted an answer, but she it was just talk therapy, basically. She just wanted me to talk. Um and that wasn't enough. I just really needed to understand. She didn't really understand. She did say depersonalization, derealization disorder is something that we don't know too much about. Like we know it exists, but we, there is no real trigger. All we know is there is, a, it's trauma related, which again sort of threw me back down into a hole. Um, as a, you know, to hear someone that should know, didn't know, and that again as as being such a young kid it was it was very scary like genuinely um what's the word just this feeling of doom like i was always destined to just die or be dead or go and you know the you know to constantly have these suicidal thoughts is is horrific to want to actually die every single day, you know, it, ah, oh man, I'm sorry, I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting emotional, it's, uh, it is a tough, for me, it's a tough topic, because I, I'm reliving the emotions now, um, it, it was a very hard, very hard time of my life, 
you know, and the way you know it impacted my my you know partner's life my life in general some days it was I just didn't want to go out and do anything I didn't I just wanted to drink I just wanted to drink you know that was the thing that that helped me I guess you know and it, and look I'm not condoning for people to drink I'm not condoning to people for, for people to use drugs but at the time it was I guess my saving grace in a, in a very fucked up roundabout way the thing that was poisoning me was the thing that was actually making me feel better um, in hindsight you know would I have changed anything to be honest probably not because I don't know if I stopped drinking what would have happened to me you know it, it was a very 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 hard time but you know as time progressed you know time heals all wounds you know I, I got used to it I I wanted to use it as fuel because I I knew okay if this is with me for life this is with me for life uh, it was a, it is what it is so you know what do you do in situations like this you make do you know you you adapt you make sure that okay if this is how my life is going to be I'm going to make the most of it um so, you know, I, I joined a few depersonalization groups explaining to people, you know, what I've gone through, symptoms. And the thing was that, that pissed me off about these sort of groups on Facebook and, you know, uh, Telegram and Snapchat and all, all these different groups, sorry. They were all just suffering. Like, uh, yes, okay, we're all suffering. But no one wanted to do anything about their situation. Everyone was just happy to complain and happy to just go with it uh, and complain about it, but no one was willing to do the work. And I said this to my wife, it was sort of like, guys, if, you, if you're really fucking suffering, let's do something, let's collectively do something about it, let's meet up, let's talk about it. But everyone, you know, I posted on there, on, on this on this forum, and, you know, all I'd get back was, oh my God, I feel so sorry for you, it's so scary, it sucks, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, fuck. I don't, I don't need to hear this. I don't want to hear this. I know it sucks. I'm living it right now. I want someone to tell me it's going to be okay. You know, the best thing for you is exercise or, or stop drinking or whatever it was. I need, I just needed that. You know, so I quit that. I realized, you know, my, my relationship was, I guess, not rocky, but it was affecting my wife. I was always just in a state. And it was hard for her. And look, she's been through so much shit with me. I'm so grateful that she's still around because I, I put her through some sort of hell. You know, I had no tools to navigate this. I, I had no map to navigate this. I had nothing. I was making it up as I, as I went. And, you know, my wife was in the passenger seat and I was saying, just hold on, this is going to be... You know, a riot. So as I said, going back to the point, time went on, I felt more comfortable with it, I felt more comfortable talking about it, I realized that this is what my life is now, what am I going to do? And the first thing, and I remember this, I was in the gym, it was about three o'clock in the morning, because I was doing an overnight, and I went, I've had enough, I, I, I don't, you know, I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. 
and from that moment on, I just, something changed in me. I just, I realized that the life I was living was no longer serving me, was no longer doing what I, what I needed it to do. Um, so in a, in a roundabout way, I started to realize this was fuel for me. This was something that I could go, hey, fuck, very David Goggins, no, I guess he wasn't around at the time, but it was very David Goggins-esque. It was this, come at me, what else have you got? Because I knew my physical body was safe, my actual safety around me, as in my home, was safe, I had friends that were safe, I was actually in a safe place. If I went, you know, looked out in a third, well, I was already in a third person view, if I looked out in a fourth person view, I was actually okay. It was just my head and I had to sort of work with that and realize that I needed to look at everything from a different perspective. And I know perspective is the buzzword of the day, but it was sort of like I needed to look outside myself and realize that I'm okay. I just need to see this in in a different light, that it's not really hurting me. It's just how I physically see the world. I'm in no danger. There was no danger. It was just so unknown for me. It was so out of my comfort zone. And once I I sort of made the decision to to go with it, things were okay. Funnily enough, things weren't as bad as they were. You know, we've got to take time to sit down and really analyze our life you know where where are things that we can we can do to improve what can we do to make our lives better for us for everyone around us now it did take time it was scary it was a very very scary journey you, like it still is sometimes you know i had a fucking panic attack in the car on the way back from work because i it, i just get triggered sometimes you know i um i'm I'm as human as you guys. And the thing is, you know, I've I've had people come up to me in the street and say, oh, you're running deep podcast, blah, blah, blah. You know, I have people, I've got a sticker on the back of my car um, with all the running deep stuff and the QR code. You know, I have people message me, oh, I saw your car today, blah, blah, blah. Oh my God, love what you do. Like, again, for me, I love the messages saying, you you know, you've helped me. I, I, I Look, of course, it's a great ego boost, but... That's not what I'm in it for. I'm not. I, I want people to realize the whole reason I do this podcast is to help people. Just to help people. I, I you know, And if it makes the charts again, fantastic, it made the charts. But the only reason if it makes the charts, it's, it gets out there more. It gets to people. And that's the beautiful thing. Of course, I love being told that it's great. Who wouldn't? But I want people to realize and not put me on a pedestal. I'm as human as you. I'm as fucked up as you. I have problems. I have depression. I have anxiety. I've got depersonalization. You know, I'm in debt. I'm not super... I'm not Superman. I still have panic attacks. You know, I still get triggered. I'm, I'm, I'm as fucked up as anybody else. You know... Do not believe, and I'm, look, I don't portray myself on Instagram as someone who's got it all together. I just post the things I enjoy. You know, I can tell you right now, I don't have my shit together. 
I'm just trying, I'm, I'm just making it up as I go, and just hoping for the best, and just, yeah, <laughs> so, you know, I, I still get triggered, I still, especially with that panic attack, I have had a few of them, it's when I'm in a high stress situation, I guess, it's a trauma release, it's something that, you know, I go, okay, high stress, what do I do, I go into a dissociated, I guess, state of being, when I dissociate, that gets very scary for me, because I don't feel like it's real, I felt like I was going to pass out, so I had to pull off the side of the M1, which is our, again, international listeners, the M1 is our main highway, um, and I had to pull over, I, I, I thought I was going to pass out, I, th- I could not breathe, I had to take all my clothes off, you know, and the scary part was if a, you know, a police officer was to pull me over, they see this guy in a manic state with no clothes on, aircon blaring, like he's overcooking, you know, they would have thought I was on, you know, methamphetamine or something, but that, that is what happens to me, that is something that genuinely happens, and I want people to know, again, I'm, I'm fucked, in a good way fucked, you know, I want to help people, and show people that you can get through it, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel, but you've got to, I guess, go through the you've got to go through the ring, you've got to go through the ring of fire, the crucible, you know, you've got to come out the other end and realize that, yeah, life can suck sometimes, but I'm strong, now, the advice I'd give to people who are going through something like this, um, you know, I have had people come up to me, and they don't have it to the extent of which I do, um, they do have that sort of dissociation for a couple of days at a time when something's very stressful at work or etc cetera, etc cetera. my advice to you guys is go ask for help talk about it you really need to talk about it openly to family and friends i guess when you talk about depression anxiety people sort of brush it off as everyone's got depression everyone's got anxiety it was the trend for a bit depersonalization you know, psychologists don't really know too much about it. Like, it is something that is spoken about and it is on their radar. But, you know, they there are no real tools to navigate it because you're constantly in a dissociated state. How do you bring yourself back from that? Unfortunately, I don't have the answer. The closest thing I have for that is find something you love, find a passion. You know, it doesn't have to be running, doesn't have to be anything special sporty related you know if you want to do a podcast do a podcast if you'd like painting paint find a hobby you know to sort of preoccupy yourself to make life that little bit more enjoyable um because it can get scary the other one yeah again as i said talk about it talk about it openly because uh, with with any disorder or any um anything like depression anxiety when you hold on to it, it cooks, it cooks, and it cooks, it's like a pressure cooker, it builds and builds and builds until one day you've had enough, and that's where we don't want to be, you know, that's where, that's where things go south, and we, we don't want it to get to that point, we really don't, so talk about it openly, be, be brave, be brave, go to therapy, do what you need to do to get to where you want to be, now, along my journey, you know, talking to people about this, please don't expect everyone to understand. 
It's not their job to understand. It's your job to explain, but it's not their job to understand. If people just sort of brush it off, they don't know any different. They're allowed to brush it off. Why, why do they need to understand exactly what you're going through? You know, that's up to you two. You don't want to bring people to that level. You know, you might be suffering a bit, but you don't want to bring people down. That You know, it is, I guess in a roundabout way, it is selfish to do that. But you want to make sure that you explain it well. You talk about it openly, but you don't bring people down with you because that affects your relationships with others. You know, go get real professional help. You cannot rely solely on your parents or your best friend or your sister or your brother. They are not professionals. They're, they're there for you to, you know, for a shoulder to cry on. But you really, and if you're not comfortable with it, get comfortable with it. Get comfortable with professional help. You cannot solely rely on your friends and family as a scapegoat because it's exhausting and it's been exhausting for my wife. It's been exhausting for my family. You know, take a little bit of accountability. You know, this is your problem and no one else's. You don't want to make it anyone's problem. Why would you? You don't want them to suffer like you're suffering. So I'm going to sound like a fucking recorder. Do not make it their issue. It is yours to deal with, so deal with it. Have some accountability. You're an adult. That's all I have to say. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's hard. It's fucking hard. This whole thing, these past couple of years has been really fucking hard. On my mental health, on everything, I, I struggle with it. As much, you know, I can say it openly on here, and you guys know I'm, I'm an open dude about this. It's hard. For me, life is quite challenging. You know, I go through manic episodes of ups and downs and sometimes I'm really, really good. And, you know, today I was very reluctant to even get on the microphone. I don't, I'm not always on. I'm not always on and you don't have to be as well. And there are days where depersonalization have, uh, it's, it's come full force and sometimes I still have those thoughts of suicide. And I know I, I'll never act on it. But, you know, it still lingers. It's still there. I deal with it every single day. But I'm an adult. I keep myself accountable and I make sure I'm ticking all my boxes. Tick your boxes. Now, lastly, I just want to talk about how it's actually helped me. And I know I've, I've just gone on a bit of a rant there, but, you know, depersonalization has helped me. And it's this weird cat and mouse situation where I work really well in a high stress situation. I think clearly, but I only have a small battery for it. You know, this depersonalization, it's like I, I get hyper-focused and I can see 20 different things happening all at once and it all makes sense in my head. But if it goes for over an hour, two hours of this, you know, hyper-focused, I, I dissociate. I completely and utterly dissociate my battery runs very, very low and I sort of switch off and I can't give myself to anybody. So in a professional sense, it has helped me. Um, you know, I'm able to see, I'm like, how do I explain it? I guess Elon Musk has a really good way of explaining how he chunks his days. He does it in five-minute intervals. Depersonalization has made me see my day in chunks. I, I see it 
from a third person perspective what do i need to do to get things done in an orderly fashion it makes me you know sort of like an internal schedule i get to see things from a different perspective that's all that's all it is um another way it has really helped me is that i don't really take life too seriously i guess in a professional sense and a non-professional sense you know this is my life this is what's what it is and you know pro- people probably have it worse off than me but in 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 the end of the day i'm i'm actually okay it's it's hard when you're in the midst of a panic attack saying you're okay but again you know i hug myself i tell myself i physically hug myself and tell myself out loud you're okay you are you are safe that is something that i tell myself when i'm going through an episode and it seems to work it seems to be fine so it it has helped me it has given me grit determination to get over things you know it when i'm in the pain cave in an ultra marathon you know i look at that and i go i've been here before i know what mental fucking anguish feels like i know suffering i know hurt so a little muscular pain i'm all good you know for my 48 hour run i went to a really really dark place and i went no kent you've been here before this is temporary what you've got is forever so fucking nut up and get it done and that seems to work for me it might not work for you but again this is my experience with depersonalization I'm going to wrap it up here. Maybe I've spoken a bit too long, but I just want you guys to know that you know, the key takeaways is I'm 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 not Superman. I I still suffer. I still suffer, and I do this podcast to help others who are going through similar things. You know that if you are going through something like this, you need to you need to get proper help real professional help do not dump it on friends and family because it's not fair on them it's really not fair take a bit of accountability and do something about it really do something about it as hard as it is it's time to nut up and and be an adult it sucks unfortunately it fucking sucks that sometimes you're going to feel quite alone through this journey but you need to look at that as a plus. It, it's getting you ready for whatever comes at you at life. Whatever comes. You know, I've used this to my advantage. You need to see it like that. And you need to be prepared for when shit goes south. And have a toolbox. You know, work on yourself. Do the work. You know, go to workshops if you have to. Fill your head with positive content. That's all I have to say with that. You know, just be an adult, stay accountable, make sure you're around positive people, positive content if you are on social media, and just go with it. Go with the flow and, and I guess enjoy the ride because I tell you what, it's not that bad. It's really not that bad. It can be physical sometimes, but most of it's mental and we are in charge of that boat. So that is me today talking about my depersonalization disorder. If you have any questions, reach out. If you are suffering, reach out. And also go get some real therapy. Go go get help. But I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I really do. You know, maybe you didn't. I know a few of you enjoy this sort of long form, solo format. 
And yeah, I just hope that if you are going through it, you get the help you need. Talk about it. Also have some fun with it. As, as weird as that sounds, this is life. Life is not a linear path. It is a very, very bumpy road. And we've just got to make sure we are ready for it. Now with depersonalization, it will make you ready for it. I hope to see you guys very, very soon. Thank you so much for making it this far into the podcast. I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Thank you.